Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. This episode brought to you by the author of The Gift of Lift, David R. York. We live in a world that tells us how to live, what matters, and what doesn't, and how to get what it says we want. These impersonal external forces push us around and leave us off-balanced, confused, and fatigued. Like actors following a script written by someone else, we find ourselves uncertain of where we have ended up, much less where we want to go, and asking, what am I supposed to do next? Among us, however, are those who live differently held steady by the pull of purpose that comes from something far bigger than themselves. They amplify that force with deep personal engagement. These men and women live in an ascending spiral of clarity, vision, and balance that guides their lives and allows them to make lasting impacts in the world. More than mere consumers and dreamers or even owners, these people have found the ancient secret to a life lived as a steward. Author David R. York recently wrote The Gift of Lift, and it seeks to unlock those secrets and provide a pathway towards intention, meaning, and purpose. This is perfect for business leaders, financial leaders, coaches, and even parents. If you would like to purchase your copy of The Gift of Lift by David R. York, you can do so by reaching out to Amazon.com or even visiting DavidRYork.com and also his social media platforms on Facebook and LinkedIn. The Gift of Lift, Harnessing the Power of Stewardship to Elevate the World. So my kids and I have been working on the backyard, and I got to tell you, I love my backyard. Sitting under the covered patio, relaxing on the porch swing, listening to the water fountain, and watching the hummingbirds fly in. It's just all very therapeutic to me. But we were talking about our bucket list for our backyard, such as a fire pit area and redoing the shed and a hot tub. It did get me thinking, and I'll admit I was feeling a little overwhelmed at the thought of our bucket list, but especially the discouragement I was kind of feeling about how I didn't see a hot tub would ever be in the cards. Well, perhaps you can relate, whether it be your home picture upper list, your travel bucket list, or even just holiday spending, such as Christmas and birthdays and graduations that leave you a little frazzled. Well, today we have financial guru, Sarah Fernandez, who's going to help us go over basically to where we can come from being overwhelmed to crushing our personal finances. Sarah is the sparkling budgeteer at Money, Wine, and Cheese, where she talks about her personal experiences around money, and her and her family live in France, where she offers coaching on all things money, all things finances, as her mission is to help women to become confident when dealing with their money, getting rid of shame and guilt around their finances, and taking full responsibility for where they are. She believes that we are the answer to creating the life we want to live. Welcome, Sarah. We're so eager to learn from you today. Thank you so much, Holly. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Now, my mom definitely taught us kids how to stretch a penny, and we're talking the good old days of rain checks and rebates and coupons. But for those who aren't so frugal, they may be wondering if they should even continue listening today. So that first question we should probably address straight out of the chute, why do we need a personal financial plan? Well, I wasn't as lucky as you. No one told me how to stretch a penny. (laughs) And it sure showed up uh, earlier in my adult life, let's say. 
So why should everybody have a financial plan? So that you know where you are, because money is the answer to whether or not you can be a stay-at-home mom, whether or not you can have a bathtub in your garden. I mean, once you know what you can and cannot afford, you are free. Yeah. Because then you can make the decisions to either work more, save more, spend more, because it's not only about saving. It's also enjoying what we have and our life. Yeah. So that's why everybody should have a, a financial plan. I like how you put that, that there's freedom in knowing what your budget is. And because so often we can feel almost like our money is controlling us. So what are some signs to watch for that our money might be controlling us? Well, imagine you go to work every day for a month and on payday, the money hits your bank account. And by the end of the day, you go and check out the balance and half of it is gone because you have rent, you have utilities, everything is going out. And you just need to grab 20 bucks to have some money because you don't know if the other money is going to stay there or not. Yeah. So when that happens, it's a great, a big sign that your money is controlling you. I think a lot of those entering into adulthood, you know, just leaving the, the nest and going into college or getting their first apartment, I think they have that shock, right? When they go to do exactly as you said, look at their bank account and wait, what? <laughs> it's gone. Where's all my play money? So I, I like a phrase you've used pointing out the differences, though, of how we spend our money, the having versus experiencing perspective. Now, that, that deals with all of us, but then also you've related it with couples so that they can help with their finances. Walk us through through that, the having versus experiencing? And then what are some tips you give on setting financial goals as a couple? Okay, so this is one of my favorites because I have struggled with it personally in my marriage. Like I love eating out, going on vacations and massages and everything that will inspire me. I am right there with you, my friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> and for the longest time, my husband couldn't understand how I wanted to spend the same amount of money we would need to buy a couch on a hotel and a restaurant. It just didn't make sense to him because the couch, he could get home, watch the game, and the couch would be there today and tomorrow and the day after. But the hotel and the restaurant, it was done with, right? <laughs> so that that is actually one of the most common problems I see when I coach. It's because people, unfortunately, are not really into making the effort to make things work. It's too hard, so just leave it. Everyone does their own thing. And that's not what a marriage is. And that's where the financial problems start. And it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you have a little money. If you're not aligned, if, if you don't know how to deal with your differences, it's going to create uh, a river down the, the middle of your relationship. Yeah. So 
we need to really understand why our partner thinks the way he thinks about things and why we do the same things. And I usually encourage couples to have a, a wine and cheese meeting, <laughs> a wine with an age, one that you can just, you know, tell them exactly why you feel that going to that restaurant is so wonderful and why you are willing to pay that money for it. But be open and listen why he thinks that couch or, you know, the tools, why they're so much more important to the other person than to you. And compromise. You can go to the restaurant, but you can't always say no to the tools either. <laughs> you know, so I think that is really, really important. And you'd be amazed at why we are the way we are. My husband, for example, he was taught that saving and buying a house was much more important than education or going on vacation. He didn't know what that was. And for me, I was always taught that we could always get credit. We'll get it on credit. And we'll see if we can pay for it afterwards. So we came from very, very different backgrounds. And, well, I must say that the student has surpassed the master because now he loves going on vacation. <laughs> I really want a new couch. <laughs> Just kind of swap places there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now, I love how you, you key in on that listening and the compromise. That's so important. Yeah. I know for uh, some, actually my sister and her husband, they have a certain amount that anything they're going to spend over that then they they just talk about it first. It doesn't mean it's a no. It doesn't mean it's a yes. It's just let's have a conversation about the importance or maybe the priority or value of why they're putting that the emphasis on, on purchasing the item. So, so often it just goes back to that communication and being open to listening to the other person's perspective. It's exactly that. Yeah. Now, whether married or single, young or old, you mentioned in your financial coaching, the broke to abundant mindset. Tell us more about that. And how do we know if we can or can't afford something such as that couch or that vacation? <laughs> well, yeah, you, a, a broke mindset is a person that is always thinking negatively, only sees problems doesn't see the lights, let's say. And an abundant mindset is someone that no matter if they earn a lot of money or little money, but they know they can always do better because it's up to them. It's like a growth mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So when you live with an abundant mindset, you are living your best life at the moment with what you have, but you know that it's up to you that that it can get better you can always change something you can work more or less you can do a lot of things to change your situation and your money is exactly that as well because if you're always focusing on what you don't have guess what you're not gonna get anywhere right yeah yeah you I always have that that setback 
Yeah. It makes me think of a leadership quote by Henry Ford, uh, something along the lines, I'm probably going to botch this, but something along the lines of whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. right. It's all about that fixed versus that growth mindset being open to it. Exactly. Interesting. No, it's very, yeah, it's very important. And this also is very common in couples that one always thinks they're not going to make it, that they, they live on that small paycheck and they think they will never get out of it and they don't see the vision. And sometimes the other person is so frustrated uh, that they don't take the time to listen to their partner and to explain uh, their own point of view, how they see things, because we can be good to each other, right? Like, if you have a, an abundant mindset, you can start very slowly getting your partner up to what you think life could be. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you pointed out earlier the the family upbringings that each of us are raised so differently. I, I have a, a friend who, a couple, that the male was an only child and so could afford more of the luxuries of life, whereas the female came from many siblings in the home, and, and it was very frugal and tight budgeted. And, and you saw that play out in the couple in just some of their spending uh, habits, per yes. se. So it kind of makes me think of an episode. We're huge Office fans, The Office. <laughs> and recently, there was an episode with Michael, and he can't afford something. So for all of you Office watchers, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Everyone else is like, what are you talking about? But uh, Michael lays out all of his credit cards because he can't afford what he wants. And he's like, I've got to cut up all of these credit cards. So how do we play that whole credit card game? Also, as you mentioned, just charge it, charge those vacations. How do we play that credit card game without losing? Well, I played that game and I lost. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Help us learn from you then. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm going to tell you what not to do. Nice. No. Um. I cannot in good conscience tell anyone to go out and get a credit card and just charge it, okay? But that being said, it's perfectly fine to use a credit card as long as you are responsible. I personally don't use a credit card because I cannot trust myself. I know that it, to me, a credit card sounds like free money, shopping, And I'm not willing to risk it, so I don't do it. Smart. But there are a lot of credit cards that have, for example, a zero interest rate for the first year. And as long as you pay your balance at the end of the month, it's perfectly fine to use it for a bigger purchase, let's say. Um. What I want you to understand is that once you see that you are putting your living expenses on a credit card, be it groceries, be it gas, stop and think, can I afford to do this? Because that's when the problems start. It's not if if you need a couch or if you need to buy something for your home. You buy on a credit and you pay the payments. It's fine. You're responsible. You know you have that to do. But when you start to put basic things on a credit card, 
that's where the, the danger starts. Because if you are putting those things on a credit card because you have no money by the end of the month, it's a, it's a sign, it's an alert sign that you should not be doing that. On the other hand, there are people that, for convenience, use a credit card for all their groceries, all their, their restaurants, everything. But they know how much they can spend and afford. And the bill comes and they pay it. Just like if it was cash. Okay? And there's no danger in that if you are disciplined enough to do it. It can get you miles, I hear. Awesome, right? And just one thing. Don't put a vacation on a credit card. Because if the vacation goes really, really well and you love it, Okay, so you come home and you pay it. But if it doesn't go well... <laughs> That's a hard I mean, bill to pay later. It's really hard to come <laughs> home from an awful vacation and still have to pay for it. <laughs> mm, yes. I love how you've been able to add and, and know your boundaries, though, of knowing I'm just not going to have one because it it's not, it's not healthy for me. So I, I love that boundary that you've been able to set. I know for myself, I, I love American Express. So for you listening, yeah. I'll even make sure to put a link to my American Express referral on, on the show notes. <laughs> but I love it because I'm able to earn, as you mentioned, the Sky Miles, which is great, yeah. the upgraded seats and things like that. But then they, they do really good on perks, such as right now they have a uh, the Disney bundle, which my kids love. Yeah. And so you just buy that and they actually reimburse you for that. And during COVID, you could go out to eat and they would reimburse you $20 every month for eating out to help support, you know, the restaurants during COVID. So yes, there are some, as you mentioned, some great perks. However, you nailed it about making sure to pay it off. And I think Dave Ramsey would give you that stamp of approval of making sure to pay off the the bill. Because as he (laughs) said, before you buy something, will you have it? And I forget the time frame, but he says something like, will you have it 90 days from now, you know, or something like that. If you won't, if it was food, if it was vacation or something, probably not the best thing to put on a credit card. And, and again, for many reasons that you mentioned. So again, setting those boundaries and paying yes. off are, are definitely, it sounds like the, the keys for managing credit cards yes. and, and building credit that can come with that. Of course, yes. It, I know it's important. And I, I honestly see no reason for people not to use a credit card. There are, I mean, I remember we used to buy tri- buy plane tickets uh, with a credit card and we have an insurance and everything. So it's it's really good. It is a personal option not to have one. Right, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do see people like Michael in the office that have five, ten different credit cards. And it's like, I had seven. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, if there are any other tips you'd like to emphasize to listeners about overcoming some of their financial habits, definitely spending on credit cards can be one of those, so that they can really set themselves up for budgeting success. Of course. Um, I really encourage everyone to have the money, wine, and cheese date at least once a month. Even if they're budgeting by themselves, if they're single, it's awesome. You pour yourself a drink, you look at your money, your accounts, and you see that everything is in place and that you are good to go because it's such freedom 
and a peace of mind that you cannot imagine. If you know how much you have to spend outside your, your fixed ex expenses, you're good to go, even if it's 20 bucks. You know that everything else is taken care of and you are awesome. I mean, no, no late fees, nothing is coming after you. So what I really want your listeners to do, if, and I think this, this will motivate them to go further, they should look at their subscriptions, anything they are paying that they might not be using. Because, you know, we have Spotify, um, what do you call them? It's a subscription and they give you three months free and then you just don't cancel it. You forget that you it's there. Not, exactly. And it's $9 a month. It's not much. It's a hundred bucks a year. That adds up. Um, it, it does. <laughs> That's a nice restaurant outing. <laughs> exactly. Another thing is to look at their insurances regularly. If you go to your insurance company and tell them that you have a lower quote, they probably will match it. And if they don't, it doesn't cost you anything to change. And last year I did ours and I saved $350. Wow. Yes. Nice. So it's always once a year, just revise them and see. And if, if, you, if it all stays the same, it stays the same. But if you can get a, a little bit back, I mean. <laughs> There's your vacation nice. or your couch. Absolutely. Ex Absolutely. Exactly. See, what else can I tell them? They can, from now on, every time they get that coffee or they go to the restaurant or they take a walk, they should just check in with themselves and think, does this bring me joy? Do I really appreciate it? Or am I just getting a coffee because everybody else in the office is getting a coffee? Would I rather spend these seven dollars? I don't know, in three months or in a new T-shirt or something. You know, it, because, again, people are things person or a, a, an experiences person. And we can, sometimes we just spend because we don't even know. We buy the T-shirt and it, it stays in the closet with the tag for months. So getting to know how we work it's very, very important. It will inform how they are as spenders and where they really enjoy spending their money. And they can adjust, the, adjust their budgets um, accordingly. They can always do that. Oh, I like that. Some great tips there. Now, here in Holly's Highlights, we have a signature question. If you could go back and encourage, inspire, or equip yourself as a child, what would you tell your young self? I would tell myself to follow my heart and have fun. Uh, don't settle for fitting in and reach for belonging. For the most part, I've actually done this. And the times I haven't listened to my heart, I got in trouble. 
And my money problems actually started because I wanted to keep up with the Jones next door. <laughs> it wasn't like I, I even wanted those things, but I wanted to look good like them. And it didn't end well. And um, I should have followed my heart because that little voice was there telling me, really? Do you really want this? And I just pushed it down, you know, because I wanted to look good. I wanted to fit in. And guess what? I fitted in. And once I was in, it wasn't it because I didn't belong there. It had nothing to do with me. So that was a pretty good lesson that cost a lot of money. But I think I've learned it. <laughs> That's a beautiful story, though. It goes back to what you shared earlier about what finding what brings us joy. Joy. Yeah. That's very important. I'd really encourage everyone to just think, you know, you're out. Are you having fun? Are you having, is this bringing you joy? Are you, you? Because we sometimes aren't ourselves because we need to fit in. And it's enough that we need to fit in at work or fit in, you know, in groups that we must belong to. But if it's, if it's not mandatory, if you don't have to fit in because you don't work there, just follow your heart. I love that. I love that. Now, Sarah, where can our listeners connect with you further? Thank you so much for asking. And I'm always looking for a connection. I love meeting new people. And I can be found at thesarafernandez.com okay. or on Instagram because I spend a little bit too much time there. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can be found at money underscore wine underscore and underscore cheese. Perfect. And we'll have all of that on our show notes as well for our listeners. Thank you so, so much. Well, awesome, Sarah. This is all such fabulous information to just let us sink in and, and then apply. And we're so yes. grateful for you educating us and helping equip us at being better masters of our money so that that money doesn't master us. We truly appreciate your time and your wisdom today. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.